The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! Isn't that right, Paul? <laughs> isn't that isn't that right, Paul? You're supposed to be a character in the in this get in the beginning. <laughs> you're you're not. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I realize my skits are a little rusty, but um, I mean, may, all right. Maybe you didn't like Carl Butter. You're like really silent. Um, I mean, I guess uh, we could do something else. Um, like we're at the show. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hear it for this guy. Let's hear it for for this guy. Improv, Paul, Paul, where? Paul, Paul, where the heck is he? Did he forget we were recording? Did he forget about me and the show? Did he forget about us? I can't believe it. I can't believe he's he's not here. He must have quit the show. I miss being his son, bro- brother. It's crazy as I was, I guess I wasn't much of one. Sometimes I miss him so much, I wanna hop on the next jet and I get lonely. But I hate that, yeah. And I love my brother. Lord knows how I missed him. He loves me and he knows I won't. Yeah. And sometimes I get jealous of all his little pets. And I get lonely. But I ain't that lonely yet. Hey, Paul called. Uh, oh. He said something about going to a festival with Jack White headlining. Oh, I forgot. Something along the lines of, in Paul speak, I'll be back in a few weeks. Stop. But give me a call when I'm at the show. Stop. Do the show without me for now. Stop. 
Sorry, there's a guy grating cheese on my pasta. Stop. That's enough, dude. Anyway, I think that's pretty much what he said. Uh, gotta go. Bye. Okay. Well, this is embarrassing. Well, this is a Jack White History Podcast, and I'm your co-host, James Kaminsky, and my other co-host, Paul Kaminsky, is uh, apparently at a festival right now. We're a podcast that goes over Third Man Records and Jack White and related bands and that sort of stuff, and uh, this week, oh, we got a good one this week, a best of fell in love with the show. We're going to be going over some of the best moments from the past, I don't know, year or so, some of the shows, specifically Jack White shows, because... He's been doing the Boarding House Reach Tour, so we finally have some Jack White content to go through. So I hope you all enjoy, and uh, I guess we should give Paul a call. Yeah, I mean, he's at the festival. Let's give him a call. Paul. Yes. I hear you're someplace special today. Yeah. I am reporting to you live from Arroyo Seco, the music festival for people who, you know, like to be in bed by 10 p.m., <laughs> <laughs> myself included, of course, uh, meaning which it's a very laid back festival out here in Pasadena, California. And um, I think only the second annual, although I could be wrong about that. I believe last year was the first one, and that's the one I went to there. So I think this is just the second one. Well, you're our man on the street. Yeah. Paul, can you can you describe the feeling? Is it excitement for days? Is everybody <laughs> yelling and screaming? Everyone is extremely hot because there is precious little shade and precious abundance of sun. And it is cooking everyone slowly alive. And I am so thankful that I remembered to put on a little bit of sunscreen. Ah, so you're all rotisserie chickens out there. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Sounds yeah. very hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really hot. That's the main thing. But no, it's good. There's a pretty good crowd this year. I don't know. It's not really like jam-packed except when you get closer to the stages. So there's like three main stages. Jack is going to be on the oak. And the oak will have a really cool triple threat for the evening. It'll have the pretenders followed by Jack into neil young Whoa. so here's what i'm hoping for faithful listeners i'm hoping for a little neil jack action they are literally on the same stage within an hour of one another anyway why not just do a little crossover mm, well why not indeed i think the why not is that neil young probably has to go to sleep at like <laughs> 7 p.m sharp yeah so have you witnessed any bands yet it's, it's still relatively early over there so yeah still pretty early i saw i want to say kiko washington i don't know who that is but sure yeah um i want to say that and then yeah we witnessed oh man a couple others here i don't have the all right hold on one second Okay, can you hear me? I can, and the yonder pouch you're inside of right now sounds just exquisite. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was looking for the actual cellist, so I'm just going to speak directly into the phone. I can't hear you, but this is who I saw already. We've got Sue George. That's the one playing right now. So we got Sue George, and then we have Dwight Twilly is uh... – oh, and I'm sorry. Yes, okay, so I saw Sue George, and then I saw Kamasi Washington. It is uh, mm. definitely Kamasi Washington, and then that will be followed by the Pretenders – and then Jack after that. Uh, I am back on the earpiece, James. I can now hear you. Oh, great. So what is... Whoa. Sounds like a gospel choir just just arrived. Yeah, there's, um, the music is getting loud. So the different stages, it sucks, because like different bands I want to see are on different stages. And so mm-hmm. Margot, for instance, Margot Price, third band records recording artist Margot Price, is on like the furthest stage from the Jack stage, and they're on within 40 minutes of each other. So 
I think I'm just going to have to stake out my jack spot, you know? Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough call to make because yeah. you could theoretically see both, but will you see Jack White if you see Margo? Right, so I have a bl- we have a blanket area in the blanketed area, but it's not like super close. It's just pretty good. If I didn't care about now, the artist, it'd be fine. But Now, the people you're with, Tom and Aaron, yeah. they've already seen a Margo Price. They did. They saw, yeah. Would it be possible to position them like some sort of uh, seat-saving pawns <laughs> yeah. in your scheme well, to, see a, both Margo, right. to see both Margo and Jack. Is it possible? Uh, that is possible, but uh, but the problem would be I want to get a close Jack spot. To do that, I'd have to leave the blanket. We're going to switch them on the blanket. Come on. <laughs> we're going to we're going to try and make it all work is the bottom line. And then we have uh, Bell and Sebastian. That's the other one I want to see. So they're going to be playing on the Sycamore stage, which is the other large one. So Jack is playing on the largest stage at the festival. And it's the one furthest mm-hmm. back from anything. And then you've got the Sycamore. That's the second largest. And that'll be Bell and Sebastian. And then Margo's on the, sm- on the little baby bear one. But I, gotcha. I did make my way over to the baby bear and got to see Mr. Jeff Goldblum and his band Ooh. perform. And mm-hmm. they ended the set with the John Williams Jurassic Park theme to which Jeff Goldblum sang, I was in Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park. <laughs> and it was Oh, that's awesome. wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Here's hoping that Jeff Goldblum does some sort of green series or blue series with Jack White to make this somewhat relevant. And uh, Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, I think it would be. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I mean, they, they've already done John C. Riley. Uh-huh. They've done. Have they done uh, Steve Martin? I don't think they did Steve Martin, actually. Well, then they have to do Steve Martin first and then get Jeff Goldblum and Bruce Willis to do his thing with his weird yes. blues band. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's my Jeff Goldblum. I'm just giving you a little taste. Oh, okay. So anyway, yeah, so this has been Report 1. Yep. I will check back in uh, a little bit later, and then we'll hopefully be able to chat a little bit before Jack comes on. We'll see. I'm wearing my Olivia Jean t-shirt, and I've seen a lot of third man shirts around here. A lot of, like, some from the Lazaretto Tour, some third man pressing, a lot of good stuff. Well, if you paint a small salt circle in the ground, you might get one of the Black Bells uh, with that t-shirt to arrive so you might yeah. want to try that so we'll check back in with you a little later okay and you enjoy the festival i will i am i'm james i'm very hot we know you're in hollywood okay. everybody's hot <laughs> over there <laughs> okay till next time yeah I, well soon oh, all right bye. not the sign off okay i missed the sign off thank you thank every one of you every single one i love you too i will see you by and by i'll see you We're here now with Mr. Tom Valenti. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Tom, how's it going? It's going all right. How you doing? Just swell. Good to hear it. So we're here to talk about uh, the show that Tom and I saw at the Mayan in Los yes. Angeles, and this is only the third time that band had ever actually played together. Yeah. That's a really early mm-hmm. 
take on that. So we got there fairly early, and there was a there was quite a long line, and and uh, we did identify the tour bus as we yes. were waiting. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty uh, yeah. noticeable. It's pretty noticeable. I may have taken some not so discreet photographs <laughs> from the yonder pouch. From the... it's all black. It's just inky black darkness. <laughs> but Tom, we were having this sort of like we were going down the count while we were waiting for the show to begin, and this yes. was I think between the two of us, we had each seen him ten times, and this was our eleventh. Is that what the? I think it was my tenth. Okay, I feel like it was the same for both of us. Yeah, or very similar. Yeah. So anyway, we had both seen him many, many, many times yes. <laughs> up to this point, and so it was really. A nice thing that the vault does, which it allows you to get the unique pre-sale codes, which is how we were able to get these tickets. Yeah. We made some line buddies. You know, there was some line buddy action going on there. But the thing that impressed me the most was that they decked out the Mayan theater, which is sort of an ornate theater. You know, it's themed in, uh, you know, the sort of Mayan temple kind of thing. It's got a little Legends of the Hidden Temple thing going on yeah, with sure. it. Every show's a different legend, so you never know what to expect. Except a lot of action, a lot of adventure, and maybe a hero or two. We had seen uh, the kills there for, and there was no act-specific decoration added to the Mayan stuff. Now, mm-hmm. when we saw, first of they all... They put a little hat on an Olmec head. <laughs> <laughs> My temple, right, old Mac. But when when you walked, when you uh, like outside the Mayan, there was just Jack White boarding house reach. Yeah, everywhere signs, everywhere posters in the window. And when you walked in, the yonder people were were yondering about. But there was also like listening stations where mm-hmm. you could go listen to the album. Yeah. Oh wow, they didn't have that at ours. Yeah, w- and they had like attendants. Like yeah, they had like female attendants kind of dressed in the the yeah. colors, like the black, blue, and white motif. Offering to wow. put Beats by Dre headphones on your head. Yes, to listen to yeah. at the listening oh, station. Oh, that's right, because yours, yeah. was, yours was sponsored by Beats by Dre. I, it must that's have been. right. Yeah. But it felt yeah. more like a red carpet than a show in a way when you were getting there, sort of. It right? was interesting the way, yeah, I, I had never been greeted in that way oh. at, a, at a concert before, except for like the usher just to look at your ticket and tell you where to go. Yeah. The Warsaw was sponsored by uh, Governor's Ball, so it was like there was no paraphernalia available to us. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you're in a Polish environment. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But it was it was cool. I, a, a unique experience for, for me yeah. and, and for you. Even having seen him so many times, it was never quite that tailored. Although I did feel a certain sense of anxiety to get to the stage because I wanted to make sure. Because we were waiting for a long time. Yeah. I got there it's a long at, wait. Yeah, I got there at five. I think you got there at six. Yeah, around there. But Jack didn't come on until 9.30, so I was standing for four and a half hours, and Tom was standing for three and a half hours, so we were quite exhausted <laughs> by the time Jack actually yeah. came on. But we both, we stood in the merch line, and I got the t-shirt, which was cool because it's exclusive to the three different shows. The Nashville show, the LA show, and the New York show had three color-specific and text-specific shirts. Oh, that's cool. I didn't they realize that. Who's with me? Okay. James's was white, I believe. The one in Nashville was yep. black. Cool. And ours was blue. Yep. So I did pick that up. I did not get the poster by Rob Jones. I, yeah, neither did I. I wanted to. I should have. But it was like 55 bucks. Your poster was awesome looking, too. Like, I, I wasn't, like, super thrilled about the, the Warsaw poster. I love Rob Jones' artwork. Don't get me wrong. 
but like I didn't want to hang up some kinky boots on my wall. Yeah. Uh, you guys had the cool escalator yeah. with the Sisyphusian rock and the yeah. and the and, yeah, skeleton. I, I really liked it. The the vendor said that and I, I forgot to check, but he said they only had X amount of the full run. There was like two hundred and fifty mm-hmm. and they only had like hundred and fifty or something at the show. So he said mm-hmm. to check online, which then I totally forgot to do. Yeah, Animal Rummy was selling those. Uh, and I do I did love learning after the fact that on the other side of the escalator was the flaming skeleton of Donald Trump coming down the Really? Like, that's what it was a reference that's to. What oh, it was. That's, great. that's really cool. It was a reference to Trump's when he his, announced his candidacy. Yeah. But instead of him it was a flaming post apocalyptic skeleton. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he got a little a little bit. Not yeah. not much, but he got a little political during the show. Yeah. Like during corporation. Yeah. Kind of yeah. had mm-hmm. a tiny rant. He did, yeah. I mean, he was in good spirits. So there, there was a DJ for this one, much like the other shows, mm-hmm. and it, it did remind me a lot of when I saw him the We're Gonna Be Friends signing, there was a DJ for that as well, who, who was April March, DJed that one, but with a guy, and the guy looked similar, and I'm wondering if it was the same dude, but mm-hmm. I don't know that for sure. And that was fine, but it again, we were standing for a long time. The nice thing that happened with this as opposed to other shows we've been to recently there was a feeling of crowd camaraderie yes at this yeah. i did not get at other shows yeah we were talking to people mm-hmm. we were like joking with people around it's like it, it felt very welcoming very friendly because it was all people who were there who had been waiting since 2014 or 2015 mm-hmm. to to see him yeah it was really cool the vibe was very energetic but friendly mm-hmm. i mean it got a little carried away at the end and it was funny too because the crowd itself was very diverse and you know demographically and age-wise like we were actually next to like i don't know if they were there with their kids or grandkids before they were just fans themselves but there was like a couple of pretty old ladies like to the left of us yeah and they seemed like they were having a good time until the very end of the show i think we're towards the end he did icky thump and like a, mm. a small mosh pit kind of broke out there was a and not super violent, but it was just a lot of kind of like slam dancing, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And they were just bump bumping into each other, and they like it, we were far away enough to not really be affected, but like the the couple of old ladies <laughs> next to us got like tossed. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit. like so that. But they were fine. They were fine. I, I so got jostled was, a little. But yeah, I, mean, I got yeah. maybe slightly jostled, but that was the extent of it. But that yeah, they took kind of a hit and. Uh, <laughs> So that was that was surprising for sure. I haven't been in a pit. I can't even remember the last time I was in a pit. It's been that long. I never really did it. I just decade. never got the appeal. Uh, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. So Jack came out and he was he was pretty energetic and he was jumping around and stuff and and that's all fine. My initial reaction was that he looked very alone up there and I I can't even quite put my finger on why that was my feeling about it. But I think it was the fact that it was a pretty new band Mm -hmm. it was the two new synth keyboard players and then carla and dominic but dominic was sort of tucked in the back as his kind of support system his repartee with carla was great but i felt like he was still feeling out how to interact with the synth guys a little bit and especially after after having not toured for a long time and playing songs from an album that so much of the fan community actively dislikes I, I guess my initial feeling was like he felt alone in a way that made me not sad for him, but like that made me feel weird about it. I don't know. Maybe it's, 
maybe it's just because the level of comfort with the Lazaretto band was just so high that it felt like, you know, he was out there with his friends or like with the Blunderbuss tour, I think I wasn't even thinking in those terms because he was playing all those songs again. And that was such a hooky, important thing at the time. I wasn't thinking like that, but I don't know. I, I felt like I wanted him to be out there with Allison. I wanted to be, I wanted him to be out there with Brendan or somebody that he could bounce off of. And that's why I was so grateful for Carla's presence. I don't know if you got any feeling like that at all in time or not. After you had mentioned some of it I could see what you were talking about but during the show I was just kind of in the zone I was not observing it as closely as you I guess like I was kind of just because there were points where too like I just actually like kind of closed my eyes and just kind of we were just talking about James does yeah. that yes yeah. I just kind of and I, I alternate because I like to watch them too and actually like to watch like the performer yep. I actually pay attention to like the hands of the guitarist and mm-hmm. stuff like that too I don't know I was just kind of excited overall to like be there I hadn't seen him since one of the last things we did before we went to New York before we moved from New York was seeing him at the garden so it was great to see him out here in LA three years later so I was just really stoked to see that. And we got a good position, so we were really close to the stage, but not, like, all the way up front, so we weren't getting crushed. So I was, like, in a good place. And I also had a drink, because I went to get a drink at the bar and then forgot that at the Mayan you're not allowed to bring it on the floor. So I didn't want to keep Paul waiting too long, so I just slammed just <laughs> a thing of Jameson. So I was feeling pretty okay. I was feeling pretty good. I think I was more just kind of into the vibe of the whole thing and the energy, because I thought the energy was great. There's definitely technical issues that you could look at after the fact, like Paul was talking about. I think even he was saying, Jack was saying in interviews stuff, that those shows were kind of like, they were warm-ups for the larger part of the tour and stuff like that. So it's not even that surprising that maybe they were still working out some kinks or whatnot. But overall, I had a great time. It was just cool to see him again. He was in a really good mood. And the crowd was in a great mood. Yeah, he was at our show too. He was smiling like crazy, and yeah, he seemed to really be into the audience at uh, at our show, which is good. It's nice to see him smiling. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with us. So I just thought the the energy through the whole thing was really cool, and I just I loved the tracks that he played. A lot, a lot of stuff from the new record. I heard he went deep into uh, like icky thump territory. With yeah, you guys. Yeah, he did a pretty good amount of stuff from that. I don't remember everything, but then he also did like a different take on we're going to be friends which is really nice mm-hmm. i'm not always good at remembering the set lists after the that's fact that's fine i, but, I uh, suck at it and yeah. which which is terrible because everybody was asking me like what was the set list and i'm like i don't know he played this song i think <laughs> it was good yeah so he definitely did a lot of icky thump he did one only one dead weather song oh he did baby blue which was cool i was happy that he oh, wow. pulled out a gene vincent song that is awesome yeah that was really cool yeah, so he definitely covered a lot of territory, and he went into some deeper White Stripes stuff, too. And How did you feel about the uh, the White Stripes material? Because to me, it felt more intense, because uh, his previous bands had all been kind of country-esque yeah. covers of the Stripes, it seems. Yeah, this brought back a little more. This, this band's style, I think, lent itself a little more to how the Stripes sound was, as opposed to the stuff that he'd been doing more on his solo albums. Mm-hmm. And I think Carla lent herself to that also. She did the White Stripes stuff really well, because um, she's a phenomenal drummer. Yeah. Nothing against Meg, but the, that stuff might have been fairly easy for her to play compared to some of the more yeah. complicated stuff she did on the new record. But at the same time, she still brought a really good energy. And like Paul was saying, that I think her and Jack played off each other really well. Yeah. And yeah. also, I don't know if it's like just how he's really good at collaborating with other female artists and stuff. 
He has a real thing for that, and it seems like a, a priority for him. In fact, the only time he hasn't done it in his career, really, was with the raconteurs. Um, yeah. He's mentioned it before. Like, he says there's a certain energy yes. and way that females play. Yeah, I actually just watched the old episode of Serious Jibber Jabber that he was on the with Conan. Conan. Yeah, and that's one of the things that Conan asks him about, his uh, predilection. His predilection for <laughs> working with female artists, and he gets into the reasons why. And I could see, so I could see that playing out on the stage, too, and having that similar energy to when he was with Meg, because I can't think of another... Him and uh, Alison Mosshart uh, in The Dead Weather was... The... Well, yeah, definitely them on that, but that was the reverse, where she was the front person, yeah. he was the drummer. Yeah, But they also had a had an energy where they played off of each other in that way, and then obviously yeah. in the Blunderbuss group was all female, and so that... And that was Carla. And then on Lazaretto, yeah. Yeah, and that was Carla too, but in, in Lazaretto you had Lily, who really added a lot to those songs, and it, I'm I was bummed not to have her there. I would have also... I was sort of half hoping that Olivia Jean was going to be in the band. I know she's got her own thing going on, but I would have felt like he had more support on the stage, perhaps, if Olivia was there. And plus, she's a really good musician. But it was a good set... James, you and I have remarked before that I think this was the first time I was aware that he's getting a little bit older because he seemed mm-hmm. like such a ageless figure for so long. And so I, this is the first time I detected any sort of cracks in the veneer. But all that is to say, like, obviously he's getting like, he, obviously he's getting older, but he did a, he did a great job of not really changing the way he approaches a stage because he's, you know, he's a guy famous for his live concerts. Like he's famous mm-hmm. for going nuts on the stage and jumping around and stuff. And that was something that a young Bruce Springsteen was really famous for. And he's still sort of famous for, but the to- the tenor changed a little bit. Yeah, Jack is still able to hit those high notes. Well, that was the thing. Like his voice sounded great. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I was worried about because he's still smoking, which he shouldn't. But I got nervous on, on the uh, acoustic recordings tour because he was sounding a little raspy. Be, but mm. he actually his vo- he was in great voice yeah for the show he was in really good I thought he was overall in really good form his playing his singing was all great and you mentioned like earlier the loneliness thing of him seeing kind of alone on the stage with and having more support but I also wonder if that's part of what that's just where he's at in his life he seems to feel from just and I obviously I'm this is all speculation but just from interviews and like the record itself seems like he seems to be in a point where he is having a hard time like maybe connecting to people or mm-hmm. or what his place is and that's maybe why this record is so different because he's changing things up and trying to maybe move away from things that like his comfort zone in the past so I wonder if that's just stuff that you're kind of reading off of him. Yeah, that's that's possible. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've been doing this podcast now for about two years. Yeah. And yeah, we know a little bit more about him than we did before. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I could read some of his cues better. We kind of have a, a peek behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah, because yeah, we episode 69. Started yeah. learning about it. Um, the I, In <laughs> fact, I was hyper aware of that and actually felt kind of sad about it because before we did the show, there was more of a mystique about him on the stage like he would just sort of appear to us every year out of a cloud of smoke and then disappear again he'd just be like this rock god that came out and then went back went away and then the next year we'd see him again doing this show although you know i really love learning more about him and stuff it 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 has cracked that mystique a little bit which for for better for worse there's no going back at this point but i was definitely more aware of like you said james reading the cues and we now know Dominic personal like I texted him before the show and you know he very very politely uh very politely replied, uh, said, leave me replied. Alone. yeah no it wasn't leave me alone <laughs> but he did reply he uh, did 
but yeah, you know, so it's it's a different case now. Uh, the show itself was really good. Just Ice Station Zebra. Now I, I want to just point out Ice Station Zebra, my favorite song on the record. But I didn't think it was really clicking live. But I think the band's gonna get better at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just some of the the cuts and things seem jarring. He's still working it out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hello Operator, which, James, I know that you mentioned on uh, the Warsaw was uh, one of your favorites. I He had a blast with Hello Operator. Yeah, that was really cool. It was, yeah, it was the only early, sort of early-ish white... Did he have you guys sing? Yeah. yeah. Did he have you... Okay, okay, oh. that seems to be... Uh, that's part of his, his banter now. Which is fine. I love that song. Yeah, no, I'm... And, you know, I love to steal, so it was great. Um, I read a review of the show afterward that pointed out either the irony or... It was maybe purposeful spite of playing Hello Operator at a show that made everyone put their cell phones away. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it. We just learned through our when we were talking about the steal on the on the episode where we went into it. That song is is him railing at the phone company, and, okay. yeah, and he hates phone companies. He hates too, phone companies, and so I had no idea, by the way, at that. So he hates car companies and phone companies. And Hello Operator was. A, I think he. I mean, obviously, he wrote a song called Corporation. So yeah. he, I think he seems to have a problem <laughs> with corporations in general. <laughs> Just fake yeah. conglomerates, and and then from there we we got uh, Cannon, which he used. He played kind of Cannon mostly in full, actually, and then did return to it later in sort of a jam setting. It was mostly a self-contained Cannon. Yeah, it was mostly, but he didn't get up to the like the chorus part. I think he only right. stayed through the verses and the riff, mm-hmm. and then he brought it around again a couple of times throughout the show, just like either playing the riff or jamming on it again. So that was kind of cool how he kind of weaved it in and out of the set list. Yes, and we had uh, Connected by Love, which I really loved live. Uh, we Me talked too. about that a little bit, but uh, on the record, it's not my favorite, but live. Seeing him do that, what have I done? I pushed away everyone with the sort of spotlight and sort yeah. of hearing the crack in his voice and stuff. It was, it was really nice and really sweet. It was, and I think my favorite song that he performed at the show. Nice. As a matter of fact. Uh, Respect Commander it was great seeing Carla do the... Live, which is cool. And then he played Baby Blue. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Really happily surprised that he pulled that one out. Yeah. Because... Yeah, so that's that was a song that he, he used to play live in the Stripes, but it's one that he had specially prepared for, for John Peel because that's John, one of John Peel's favorite songs. Uh, not the favorite, but one of them. You, there's a really beautiful version of that on the, the Peel sessions, and when you hear Peel react to it, he's just Peel's just smitten. He's just over the moon in love with the fact that Jack played that song. But it's one they blonded over, so it was cool hearing that now, and it sounded great. And then we got Battle Cry with the encore, which uh, was my second favorite, I think, because I love that song, and it, it was cool to hear something new live. Cut Like a Buffalo, another one of my favorites from the show. I really love the new arrangement they did with that. Yeah, I thought that the band actually shined on that one. If I was going to pick out one or a few, that definitely was one where like, I think it played to the band's strengths. I would love to hear more Dead Weather Mm -hmm. other than Cut Like a Buffalo, though, because that was the one he played all the time with the Lazaretto tour and the Blunderbuss tour. I mean, he. Uh, I think he also played Blue Blood Blues once or twice with that with those bands. But yeah, his Dead Weather stuff is really light. The rack stuff. His rack and tour is. Yeah, it's it's a little more prevalent. Uh, and um, then he closed with Seven Nation Army, uh, which was expected. And I was actually surprised that he didn't close other shows with that. It was great seeing him do that one. You know, it's great hearing the band do it. I felt really tempted to start the Seven Nation Army chant <laughs> during the the breaks in the encore and and before the show started. But I I like a coward waited till other people started <laughs> it and then joined in. It did. But yeah, it but did it, happen. It did happen. Yeah. It happened twice, yeah. and it always happened about two seconds before he came back on. So I don't 
coincidence or not. But it was particularly nice. Like, I mean, that chant is fun, and it's nice to have to have Jack fans have a something to coalesce around. And one of my favorite memories is you, me, and Mike starting it outside of Madison Square Garden after that show in 2015 mm-hmm. just and everyone singing it into the streets of new york as we're all piling out everyone yeah. was doing that as we were leaving it was really, yeah i remember that it's a nice moment oh we, well we started that wow well, <laughs> thank you was, we amazing. take full credit for that i when i was there i was like i hope i get to meet the person that's responsible uh, yeah. for this and one, then, day. one day and i did i know so mm-hmm. thank yeah. you yeah yep, yep. so it was a great show we had a wonderful time and tom any other thoughts on the show any other closing arguments no, i think that pretty much covers it except we're talking about the closer i was thinking i'm seven nation army was a great closer um yeah i kind of want him to bring back bull weevil Oh, I know, but that's the stripes. Yeah. You know? That's such the stripes, though. Yeah, you can't. Well, he was doing. What was he closing with uh, last time? Good night, Irene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Acoustic. That was during the acoustic tour. I agree with you, Tom. More bull weevil. <laughs> yeah. But thank you again, Tom, for uh, for joining us. Yeah, and my pleasure. Let's move on to the next one, James. What do you say? Hey. Hey. Back to our man on the ground, Paul Kaminsky is back at Arroyo Seco. What's going on, Paul? James, I can't tell if you're talking now or not, but the contenders just wrapped their set. They were very, very good. I will not be able to go to Margo or Belmont, as Jack Brodies are already on the stage. They are reeling in. There's a piece of a black piano with a three white green carved into it. And Percy Hines still got it. He's very, very good. And it's going great. The sun is subsiding slightly. And I have no idea where Tom and Aaron is. I haven't seen him in hours, but I have been getting texts and my phone died. Ah, well, that's mildly concerning. They, uh, we have the screens up here. It looks like we are going to see the audio video visual tonight. So that would be good. Oh, awesome. Yeah, people are lighting up speakers and hanging out, and uh, we're covering for Sunday. Nice. And everybody's still roasting out there? Uh, everybody, the sun is subsiding slowly. Well, so it's, uh, it's much better. And uh, the Jack fans are still a lot So I've been seeing lots of uh, third man ephemera and Fedora. Very nice. Well, I'll let you get going and enjoy the show. Okay. But thank you for checking in. Okay. So uh, I will check back in in a little bit. And sorry if I talk over you. I can't hear. Uh, I, will, I will check back in after the show. All right. Sounds great. Okay. Bye. We're back again with Callie and Yvette. Welcome back to the show. It has been two whole weeks. I cannot believe President Trump took a shit on that thing. Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since we've got one of those headlines, but a lot has happened in all of our lives. We've gone to new places. We've met new people, new friends. I've started new podcasts. Paul, I'm sorry. You're out. Uh, Yvette, <laughs> Callie, you're in. Um, I'm, I'm just hanging out because time is a flat circle. Yes. <laughs> Yvette, you just saw Jack at where? D- tell us where you just saw Jack White for the second time on this Boarding House Reach tour. Okay, so I went to Detroit on Thursday to see him kick off his new tour, his Boarding House Reach tour, um, a worldwide tour so far. It's been U.S. and Europe dates so far, but I have a feeling it's going to keep spreading. So he went home to Detroit. That's where he started it. So this is the, at the Little Caesars Arena, correct? Little Caesars Arena, or more affectionately referred to as Pizza Arena. 
Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, how many $5 pizzas did you get with your ticket? Yeah. I assume <laughs> many. Fortunately, it was just a few uh, Borden House Reach CDs. But, okay. But I'm sure oh, I'm nice. sure if I wanted a $5 pizza, I would have gladly been given one. Were they hot and ready, as Little Caesars would have would me have believe they'd be? <laughs> they would always be hot and ready. Okay, very good. When the one and only Jack White takes the stage tonight in his hometown, Little Caesars Arena, there's one thing fans won't be able to do, and that's take out their phones and snap pictures. He has decided to ban cell phones from his shows. Fascinating. Coco McAvoy live at LCA tonight. Uh, Chris Rock tried this approach before, but this is a, a bigger crowd, bigger, uh, bigger sampling, that's for sure, Coco. Yes, Devin, as you mentioned, it was used at the Chris Rock show. It was also used at the Dave Chappelle show. You can see some fans are already out here waiting for the big concert tonight. Fans are ready for the big Jack White concert at Little Caesars Arena tonight. Can't wait. I hope the hours can go a little faster. Danielle Peltalkian came all the way from Los Angeles. This one I've heard is going to be something for the books. Jack White has a new policy for his concert tonight. This is a phone free show tonight. It's about giving people the opportunity to enjoy the concert with their own eyes. I'm five feet tall, so most of the time people use me as like a tripod to film their video during a concert or like some phone is blocking my view from the stage. So I think uh, this is a great addition to the live shows. It's interesting. Jack White says he wants his concerts to be a human experience, and I think a lot of uh, entertainers have felt that way. It's been interesting, Coco. There have been a number of Jack White sightings around town, including one this afternoon. Yes, Devin, there have been quite a few Jack White sightings, and take a look at this video. We have video of one of the sightings. You can see he's at the Tigers game. He's cheering on the team, so as you mentioned, he's making his way around his beloved city before his concert tonight at 8 o'clock. Fascinating stuff. All right. Thanks, Coco. Little Caesars. Boarding House Reach. Yvette, how would you say the show that you saw compared to the preview show that you saw in the Nashville Blue Room? Just overall impression. Well, definitely, you can't really compare the two because they were completely different. Um, one's an intimate small space and the other sure. one is a huge arena that is, right. um, you know, thousands of more people, thousands and thousands of more people. I think the total I saw later was around 13,000 um, compared to a couple of hundred. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a little bit different. And you definitely knew that the, the stakes were a little higher and different and more. Um, he had to change it up a bit. It was very different. They had a huge screen behind them and it was a lot bigger than I usually see Jack in his concerts. Yeah. The screen intrigues me. I saw some of the photos come out from that show, but that really intrigued me because, honestly, I would really like it if he started incorporating audiovisual stuff, although it's hard to do with no set list because usually you have to rig those things. Right. So what I kind of wonder is, I mean, I think, yeah, we were talking about that too, my friends and I who had seen uh, Detroit and thought, how will this translate in further spaces? And then we saw in Milwaukee, he didn't have the screen. And then, again, on Grand Rapids, he did have it, but in a different version. It wasn't quite as elaborate and as much as we saw it in at Little Caesars Arena. But, yeah, I, my guess is maybe they have some of the pre-recorded stuff. And when he when they start a song, uh, like when I saw Why Walk the Dog to, last night, he started the song. And then you saw the graphics start, you know, so kind of thing. So maybe that's, I'm hoping that's how it goes because that's how I want it to go because that's how it'll keep it 
fresh and new and that he doesn't use the set list kind of idea. It would be really great to see April March do an animation to We're Gonna Be Friends. Yes. Uh, I would, that would love. Be so good. That would, would be sweet. That. that would be, that would be awesome. very sweet. It would have oh, to no. be in blue, black, and white kind of colors, <laughs> not true, red, true, true. like that you thought. Which <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it would be awesome, uh, but yeah, I, w- I would love that. Now that you're talking about it, Yvette, I guess it wouldn't really be all that different from the lighting people having to make snap decisions based on what he's doing anyway, because that's already how he operates because none of that is on any kind of automation so it wouldn't be that tough to have like a bunch of clips ready to go and just like press play as long as they weren't too time specific they'd have to be somewhat homogenous so it's harder than the taxidermy guy who has to sit and uh depending on the song lower down a different taxidermy animal for whatever yeah, song, is, song relevant is relevant yeah well yeah i think the milwaukee uh, incident was a little separated and you could talk to somebody who was there for that. I, I, I looked at those pictures and thought, hmm, that's interesting. But, um, yeah. What I think is, because, you know, last night he was still doing, in Grand Rapids, he was still running around doing the, you know, the whispering, telling people what he was doing. So he's still doing what he's doing. Um, I think they're just kind of more prepared for what he is doing because definitely the screen is not just clearly for Detroit because I was wondering because the McCrary sisters were in Detroit and they weren't obviously in the next two nights. Who knows if they'll show up again, but they were specifically there um, on Thursday and it was kind of special. And I will say, first of all, that they sounded a lot better together live there with Jack at Little Caesars Arena than I heard them on Saturday Night Live. It was like a lot better, way better. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack White! That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So just to quickly kind of run down the set list, because I know we talked about a lot of this stuff, uh, but we'll, we'll kind of skip around to stuff that you didn't hear in the Nashville Blue Room, but he opened with Over and Over and Over. It's a great show opener. He's been doing that a lot lately, I think. I had heard that there were uh, some, some audio quality issues at the start there. Is that true? Yeah, or... um, a little, maybe. I was in the second row behind the rail in the center. So mm-hmm. some of the other issues that other people heard, I actually thought... And my friends around me kind of thought we were able to hear him better than we have been before. So I didn't hear the same issues that maybe somebody else heard. But it's also kind of hard when you're right there in front of him to hear everything a little bit broader. So from there, we go to old Deddy. He he moves on to dead leaves in the dirty ground. Quit making old Deddy happen, Paul. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag old Deddy. 
You know, really, I mean, we, I'm looking, I just pulled up the set list and I'm looking all the, you know, those, those were all great, but honestly, I just want to get to number 12, Hotel Yorba. All right. Yeah. Go for it. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, okay. No, let me go back a little because then he okay. came up with, uh, oh, he did a great version of I Cut Like a Buffalo. I liked the kind, it was very different yeah. than um, the Dead Weather. That was great. But then everything you ever learned, that was new. You know, oh, yeah. he just, he dropped his guitar and then jumped up and there was an electric uh-huh. drum kit and he got up and did that. And oh, you can cool. see him and Carla and Neil on his little pad there. They all did percussion and it was, that's awesome. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. I heard it again last night. It was, I liked it. I really liked it. I, I love the song. My friends and yeah. I have all made it our new alarm tone. So tomorrow morning, <laughs> that's what I'm, if I don't wake up at the beginning, I will definitely be awake by the end. <laughs> Shut up! I don't know if you want somebody screaming fire to wake yeah, up. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's going to be a real boy you cried wolf situation one day. It might. <laughs> it might. But it was really great. But I mean... The whole thing about Hotel Yorba, during Lazaretto, we see on the right side of the stage, his mom kind of come up to the side. Joshua V. Smith kind of had her there. He was right next to her. And, you know, we're just standing there thinking, oh, how awesome, how sweet. You know, his mom is there to uh, listen to him and pay honor and, and, you know, absorb it all in. That's just great. And then the song ends and I'm not exactly sure how the whole thing happens because he actually kind of seemed to start the song I think he knew she was going to come up, but it's almost like she's so tiny that she kind of walked up and picked up her microphone before he even realized she was there. And he actually almost hit her with his guitar. <laughs> and <laughs> she's just, she's like half of Jack. She's just so tiny. And, and then he sees her and it's like, I mean, and the whole show was like this. He had this like smile, this looseness. He was, I don't know. He just felt so free and he sees his mother. And of course he's beaming, which I hope my sons will do when they're older too, when they look at me. But it just had this look on his face. He was just so happy to be there. And at first it looked like she was supposed to sing the whole song with him because you could tell she was kind of like, as he started singing the verses, that she was kind of like trying to follow him. And and I would thought she was trying to catch on, but it wasn't until the chorus that she was she actually um, started singing. But, you know, like if Robert Plant were to walk up or Bob Dylan were to walk up, you know, and the whole arena explodes, that's what she got. Like little <laughs> Willis walks up to the front oh, of the stage. That's so sweet. Yeah. Although um, I feel like Jimmy Page might look a little bit more like a grandmother. So that might fit, <laughs> that might fit the aesthetic a little better. <laughs> Is that George Washington's grandmother? What's happening? <laughs> oh, it's James oh, it's Page. Page. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Oh my god. Carry yes. On. Okay, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> would, yeah, that, would <laughs> that would work. I love Jimmy Page. Anyway, um yeah, so it was really cool to see. You know, everybody got so excited and he introduced her as this is my mother, Teresa Willis, and it was so it was so cute and they started singing and he's harmonizing with her on the chorus and they sing with a couple verses and they they kind of do that. And then I knew as soon as they were going to do that, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to dance. Oh, because when they start the song, it's in polka version. It's not the regular um, Hotel Yorba version. It's it's in polka. and the, it's, I cannot wait to hear that. Yeah. You're going to love it. And that's another time when we're like, oh, my gosh, why don't any of us have cameras <laughs> to record this? I hope they're recording this because it was so awesome. Well, thank goodness Swanson was there. Yes. That's hopefully, true. Right? But right. hopefully somebody is recording it video-wise. That's what I'm hoping for but 
Anyway, and then they put down their microphones and he starts dancing with her and it was just I mean, he's spinning her around. It was just so, so, so beautiful. It was it was like one of the most incredible moments to watch. We were all going crazy. That is so yeah, the pictures alone made me start to cry a little bit. I can't even begin to imagine what it was like to actually see it. I, you must have been losing it, Yvette. We were all losing it. I think a few of us had tears in our eyes. I'm going to guess probably more moms or women in general. But, yeah. you know, I'm sure a few guys had a few tears in their eyes, too. You know, but yeah, it was a beautiful moment. I don't know if I'll ever see something like that again. And it was awesome. Yeah. Then he launched into we're going to be friends. And so you're just like riding on that. Oh. Oh, my gosh. She walked off. Oh. But he keeps singing. Now, the other special moment that I wish I could have seen was the live debut of Don't Hurt Yourself, because we talked a little bit about this on some prior episodes, but Jack's really been talking a lot about the Beyonce collaboration during this uh, album cycle, and it's something we've really known not all that much about up till this point. We learned that Jack really wrote most of that song, and Beyonce kind of put some stank on it and made it into something, but like it was sort of his at the inception stage. So it is fitting that he did it live, although strange without Beyonce, because I don't know, and f- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if he's ever played something like Alicia Keys. Gee, Alicia uh, Keys, yeah. Uh, die. Yeah, right. He teased that at one show. He's done Rose... R- Rose with a Broken Neck. Yeah. Yeah. Rose with a Broken Neck and Two Against One. Two Against One. Yeah, but he sings those himself. Like, that's different. He's harmonizing yeah. himself on those. So, right. So Don't Hurt Yourself is, was a shock to me, but... So, Yvette, how did they do it? Did the McCrary sisters sing Beyonce's part? All right, so they came out in the beginning for over and over and over, so they did that, and then they stepped off, and I was like, wow, you came all the way over here just to sing that song, and, you know, then he did all the the whole, yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, they they were gone, he did the whole first set, and then for the encore, they came back up. Wow. Yeah, that's where I see how he could work it, and that's why it'll be interesting to see if and when he pulls it out again, because he did it with them, but he didn't sing the verses, he just sang the chorus, like, and then... And mostly, and it's like, we couldn't tell what it was at first. We couldn't even tell. It was just from the beginning. It was like, what, what, what is he doing? And what was going on? That's like, it sounded familiar because he didn't sing the verses. He just sang the chorus. And then obviously once he started singing, don't hurt yourself. We're like, oh my gosh, she's singing, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> so the McCrary sisters weren't singing Beyonce's verses? No, they were. Oh, okay. In the background. No, they, the verses weren't, you know, I don't know. He might've had to. Um, so that part was just the music. Yeah, and and that makes okay. sense okay. because you know that the verses to that song are kind of really powerful and strong, uh-huh. and yeah. intense, yeah. So, yeah, personal. Yeah, personal. So yeah. I don't know how they would have translated. So I think actually he did a really good job of not doing that part, but it was right. it was actually really really strong. And you know, right into that they went into connected by love. That's an interesting uh, transition. It was. Yep. Yeah. It really was. I love during these long breaks, we get all this smattering of rando songs, and then when the tour kicks up again, we start to hear them in places. That always gets me really excited. That's why Battle Cry, seeing that one live, really had an effect on me, because you know, obviously we're connected more to the community now, but it feels like a personal thing during those droughts, because you're just like mm-hmm. waiting for the drips and drabs to come in, and like, oh, there's that song, or that song. Like, if he trotted out, you are the sunshine of my life, live, oh. I would lose my... Damn, my, I, was, I, I would too. I would too. Maybe in LA, New York kind of stuff, he'll pull out those kinds of um, songs again. Connected by Love sounded way better than they sounded together in Saturday Night Live, no, even no, though no. I thought that was a stronger of the two performances that night. Yeah. But 
I would love it if he just went on a tangent to do Infected by Love. Just oh, yeah. yeah. Just once. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. Here's what I want out of over and over and over again, since I have this little soapbox of a microphone here. Forget all the breaks. Just lose them. I just, I would love a really loose version of that song that it, was super guitar heavy. It sounds like you're looking for riff rock, Paul. And as we know... <laughs> I would love him to kind of go off on a tangent with that, too. So I get it, Paul. I'm with you there. Thank you. And we'll get <laughs> Lily Mae in the mix, too. And everybody will be singing and be happy. Imagine if yeah. Fats Kaplan came out of the zebra. I'm stuck on the zebra. I, <laughs> like a Trojan zebra. Like, like Ace Ventura in Nature Calls. <laughs> Just Fats Kaplan. <laughs> 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 it's, I'm just, I'll, I'm just thinking Jim Carrey right now. <laughs> Lily May starts playing fiddle. Fats Kaplan's coming out of the zebra. Uh, Dominic is just he doing is Dominic. Just Dominic. I mean, he's already there. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Um, sorry. All right. I'm well, sorry. Uh, Yvette, any other highlights you want to uh, you want to talk about uh, before we leave off here? Yeah. Um, the Carolina. I mean, the McCrary sisters were, they came back out again for Carolina drama and that was Whoa. quite freaking amazing. It was incredible. I, Did I, they do the weird melodic uh, chorus? Yep. Yep. They were singing the, uh, you know, yeah, the one of them was, and yeah, it was quite beautiful. Uh, yeah. That I was kind of awesome. surprised. I didn't expect that to be pulled out there in Detroit, you know, it's such a fan favorite though. Yeah. You yeah. did get to see a show with, Jack and Meg, though. Apparently, Meg was in the audience. Apparently. And, okay, you know, from where I could stand, I could see people on the sides, but I don't know who everybody is. Yes, I probably saw Meg. I'm not one of the people <laughs> that recognized her. I will not say, oh, yeah, I saw Meg there. No. Enough people were pretty sure that that was her wearing sunglasses on the side there that, you know, I believe it. Including Jarrett Coral, who said uh, definitively that it was a... And he he's one that yes. he knows he's seen her in person many times, so I totally believe that he saw her. Yep, you know, I believe that it was her that was there, and I think that was amazing, and that she was enjoying the show, and that she, you know, wanted to be a part of that by being there, so, sure. yeah. No matter what kind of relationship they've had over the years, I mean, how could she not be there for yeah. his big solo show in in Detroit. And I don't know if I'm sure you all saw it because it was you know posted and stuff on various social media sites but how cool it was that Little Caesars Arena had that big banner that said welcome mm -hmm. home Jack um, yeah. and Dominic mm -hmm. posted it and he even said you know that was a pleasant surprise like that was not them posting something it was unexpected and came back for the encore he was wearing a cast tech shirt it said cast yeah. on the front yeah. and then right. his name on the back in 03 and that was pretty cool to see. And, and even when he introduced Dominic as a, um, uh, also an alumnus of Cast Tech, and that was really cool to see that, that they were paying homage to their, to their old school. Yvette and Callie, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, we're really, really happy that you got to experience that show, uh, Yvette, at Little Caesars. We were, we were with you in spirit and watching on the Instagrams and very happy that you got to do that. So that's really cool. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, thank you guys. You'll you'll probably see me at all the shows now. My vision board has made it so that I am now the taxidermy guy at all of the shows. <laughs> I will be lowering down uh, those things. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Yvette. Thank you, Callie. And, Yvette, uh, go get some sleep. Yeah. Get some sleep.
Arroyo second. We have Tom Valenti. Say hi, Tom. Hey, what's up? And Aaron. Hey. So we're all here. We all just saw Jack. I can't hear you because I don't have my phone. Ear to the phone. But uh, impressions. It was awesome. Yeah, he came out and they were great. I think he had a lot of energy. Yeah, the crowd was into it. I feel like it was a really, really yeah. good show. That was amazing. Yeah. Offend in every way. Holy shit. Highball stepper. That's the coolest highball stepper I've ever heard in my life. Ended with Seven Nation. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty pretty standard set. Connected by love. Gonna be friends. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. little yeah. like story time version of yeah. gonna be friends was right. really cool. Yeah, the crowd was really in sync with everything and it was awesome. Yeah. So that is the status. Uh, there was a lot of goodwill and drunk dads around me. Um, <laughs> but the dads loved it. They ate it up. Are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm still here. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's it. We're gonna get some food and we're gonna watch as Jack put it, Uncle Neil. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for uh, checking back in, and we will catch you back later. All right, see you back on the show. All right. We'd like to welcome our third woman this week, Ariel Kaminsky. Hello. Ariel, you're back. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) She's here. She's feeling it. Welcome to the show, Ariel, again. What am I feeling? Uh, you're feeling it, the show. It. You're cousin it. I think this is like the fifth time you've been. This is like you're like in the five timers club. I don't know. There's only like you and Callie and that's it. Mike? No. 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 <laughs> no. Uh, Ariel, you are here I'm to here. talk about your. T- <laughs> <laughs> and round and round we go. I missed you're, round and round. Where we stop? Definitely not on the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're here because you just saw Jack White for the second time, A, ever, and B, on this Boarding House Reach tour, and this time it was in Cooperstown, New York, with, I'm told, a real scumbag. He's talking about me. Oh. <laughs> <I was laughs> to really, the listeners out there, was she was re- perplexed. <laughs> I was really trying to figure that out. I'm who like, was the scumbag? I'm the scumbag. I. We all agree. I'm the scumbag. <laughs> I disagree. Well, yeah. So we went. We went to see Jack at his latest show in Cooperstown, New York. Mm-hmm. We saw him at the Brewery Amagang. I believe it's pronounced. Yeah, we've been pronouncing it Amagang. But we were corrected. We were corrected. I think the proper pronunciation is Amagang. I mean, both sound like Pokemon. Ammonite, spiral Pokemon. I prefer Amadeus, and no one can stop me. Uh huh. So let's talk about the venue here, because you said it's a large venue in a small town. Would you say it was, like, arena-sized? How would you... It is... Well, it was outside of town, so it wasn't, like, right in the town. Mm-hmm. It's it's in Milford. It's, it's an outdoor venue that is... It's a bunch of fields. It's basically hmm. a big old farm field. It sounds like a mini festival kind of thing. Yeah, yes. and all the parking was in the grass, and then you just go through and... And you could stand up by the stage. Then there were people in the back that had brought, like, those little folding chair things like you would bring to a child soccer game. Yeah, and it had a campground, so people could camp there right after the show. And people did. That's cool. It was all porter potties. Yeah. A lot of porter potties. A lot of people that didn't lock the doors on their porter potties. Yeah, we walked in on a couple people, and I wish that was. By we, he means me multiple times. We both did once. You did too? No, no, we both. You opened the porter potty, and we were both standing there, and there was just a guy, and he looked shocked, and we looked shocked, and Ariel just went, You know, there's a lock, and then slammed the door. It's the most impenetrable lock on the market today. 
It has only one design flaw. The door <laughs> must be closed. <laughs> and then later it happened again with some girl, and I was like, there's a lock. Yeah. People didn't understand how lock mechanisms seemed to work there. <laughs> you left the lock open or the door open? The door. Um, Maybe they just had too much to drink and didn't possible. care. Speaking of uh, fumbles and uh, mistakes that happened, <laughs> I, as Ariel said, forgot our tickets, which mm -hmm. was a paper ticket only event. Yeah. And I forgot both of them in Allentown. And normally uh, I'm pretty good. I'm a, good. Good luck, not, James. No offense, James. I'm the more organized one, but I do Fine a lot offense, of that. David. No, I just, I usually will make sure we have everything and all that stuff, but the thought never even crossed my mind that we would need these paper tickets, or I, I didn't even remember he had gotten paper tickets, it was so long ago. I, you know, I just assume you have everything on your phone. Yeah, right. I've never needed a paper ticket. Ticket fly. I've, I've been recently to places that have said you must bring the paper ticket, and then they're like, oh no, you just turn the brightness up. <laughs> and and not and not everyone like on your phone to scan it and I guess not every not everyone knows how to do that I don't know what the deal is but I've been to venues recently where they that was the prerequisite and they turned out to be liars. Uh, this was a prerequisite and they were not liars. They definitely oh. needed the paper tickets and we definitely didn't have them. And Ticketfly could not help me for the life of me because we got the advanced presale tickets. Um, ah. and, and so they said, well, there's like thousands of people who bought these tickets and none of them are assigned names to us. So we had a confirmation number and a receipt number from yeah. his order through the vault, but he ordered them through the vault presale. And I guess the vault ordered 500 tickets in that order. So uh -huh. when they would look up our confirmation number or receipt, it was just 500 tickets. So it was not helpful to Ticketfly or to the people at the will call will call booth. Yeah, so Ticketfly tent. directed us to the box office there, and we're like, "Well, I hope that works." So we drove over there. I'm panicking out of my mind. Yeah, he was uh -huh. very panicked, and I was um, like, "It'll be fine." And in my head, I'm like, "I don't actually know if it's going to be fine, but I'm just going to tell him it's going to be fine." We asked a very nice scalper who was trying to offer us tickets where the will call was, and he directed us there, and he said, "Good luck," and we said. Thanks, scalper man. And um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we went up to the box office. Come on, you gotta let us in. Not without tickets. We have tickets, we just don't have them with us. Well, that's a problem. They said, well, your receipt number is part of this 500 group of 500. We can't print your tickets because, you know, we'd be possibly barring somebody else from entry because the it's one scan per code. Um, so... By the grace of God, we uh, some two people had uh, both offered extra tickets that they had to Will Call for people who might want to get into the show. You guys ready? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, really? And they were like, here are these two tickets. One was printed out from like the computer, the computer, and one was an actual ticket. And they're like, here are these two tickets. You can go in. We know you bought the tickets. We know you're not trying to scam us. 
don't do it again. Wow. <laughs> you almost drove all the way up there to be turned away. That is a I mean, nightmare worst case, scenario. Worst case, we would have, you know, talked to that nice scalper. Yeah, the nice scalper man was, was still offering two tickets. So. No, he was offering one, but oh. there had to have been another one somewhere. You know? Yeah, we could have found That's something. That's a big but, venue. But yeah, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, well that is harrowing, and I'm glad you survived and got in. Now, was there an opener for the show? Lily May was yeah. the Oh, the Lily opener. May. Yes. Um, yeah. We were we got there just as she was doing her sound check, so we, we can we could post a little bit of that. I took a little bit of video of the sound check before they took our nice. phone. So we saw Lily May in Brooklyn, Jack in Brooklyn, and then Lily May and Jack in Cooperstown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, uh, that's she, awesome. She was really great. We made some concert friends while we were waiting for her. The, there was oh, a, super nice people. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, vendors, so we were able to get food, and uh, we bought Ariel bought me a hat, a Jack White hat. Oh, awesome. And, uh, we were about... 20 feet away from the stage, I'd say. Maybe, That's great. Maybe 30. We were pretty close for yeah. a stadium that, or for a field that big. So we were pretty close <laughs> to the stage. Uh, when Lily came on, the crowd was pretty, like, really nicely supportive, which I was kind of, like, really happy about and was, like, really getting into the music. And The but, people by the porter potties really liked the music, too. Yes. The the toilet men, uh, as we like to call them, <laughs> big fans. It was a long line. I was just in line socializing with people. We were, like, talking about the music. They were enjoying Lily playing. It was, mm-hmm. it was good. She, Even all the way in the back, way in the back of the fields, you could hear it, and mm-hmm. people were enjoying it. But they weren't as into it as the people by the stage because they were sort of meandering, getting food and mm. chilling out. But I heard some people say, like, oh, I remember her from the album. I, I, I heard that she had an album. I think I'm going to pick it up. And so it seemed like really positive yeah. response around us. And That's it was cool. a really solo-driven song at the end there. She seemed really nervous throughout seeing that many people. Um, yeah. At one point she said, at this point I would usually tell a joke or something, but I can't think of one, so... Here's the next song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she's played before crowds that size before, but not by herself. So right. I guess, and and maybe she has actually by herself too, but maybe not on this. I know the we'll venues we saw her me. at were very small. Lily Mae played and then Jack comes on. Now, was it the audio visual show we've seen from the uh from the other venues did was there the the video component it there was not it was really stripped down just to lights it was just a light show basically okay. which is fine because it was pouring rain and that that was our ah it wasn't pouring it was it was on and off raining the whole time i mean it was muddy it's a little slow out there rain last night oh this baby loves the slop loves it eats it up Eats the slop, born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? There were, like, spurts of rain and then sections where it wasn't raining, like, for brief periods of time. Yeah, it was very stripped down, just just the lights. He came on, he teased Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground briefly, but didn't go into Dead Leaves. In fact, he didn't play Dead Leaves at all during this show. Really? Yeah, which is rare for him. And uh, he opened with over and over and over again. You know what I liked about the show? That he said, God bless you, a lot. Did he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and he would say, can I get an amen? And he would say amen. And I was like, this is great, great stuff. That's awesome. 
as I told Ariel, a preacher on a pulpit, he was uh, really getting people into it. Uh, after over and over and over, he went into I Think I Smell a Rat, which was really cool. Yeah. A really, really good song, song choice. I, ha- I haven't heard that since The Stripes. And then uh, into Corporation, then into When I Hear My Name. That's a cool one. Uh, yes. was nice to hear a uh, an OG Stripes title. Yeah. And then into Why Walk a Dog, which he introduced in a, in a funny way. <laughs> what um, did he say? He said, uh, who... This next song is called Who Let the Dogs In, Who Let the Dogs Out, Why Do We Even not Need to Walk the Dogs Anyway, and then he, he, he proceeded to go into walking. And everybody started laughing. So then we get Missing Pieces, which is cool, and Hotel Yorba, which is a favorite, I know. Yeah, it was a Hotel cool, Yorba is always fun. It was a good version of Hotel Yorba, too. He's playing a different version this, this tour, which I like. This this was a very mm-hmm. blunderbuss-heavy show. He. Yeah. Did, uh, Blunderbuss Next, which is the electric version of that, which was really good. Yeah. And uh, went into Catch Out Blues, which he really just, like, lingered on the original notes, though. Like, uh, he would play, like, the... And then he would just, like, go up to Daru... Uh, not Daru, man. Go up to Carla and uh, <laughs> smash on her cymbal. And then he went to, like, every member of the band. It was really drawn out, the intro to, yeah. to Catch Out Blues. I was really excited to It's getting... That. It's getting to the point where he doesn't go a show without Ketchell these days. Which is great. I love that song to death. The last, the Warsaw was heavy uh, Icky Thump, and this one was heavy <laughs> Blunderbuss. Speaking of which, we go into Trash Tongue Talker next. Yeah, which is a surprise. That's a good one. Holy hell, this song was so good, because he got up on the piano in the back, played half of Trash Tongue Talker, which was really jaunty and good, and then had Quincy get up on the piano after him like seamlessly and he got onto the electronic drum kit which was set up right next door and just started uh-huh. bashing away at it and you couldn't even hear him singing anymore but it was because the drumming was so loud but it was such a cool moment in nice the, in- no i don't remember that because i couldn't see it because i was too short so from there we moved to uh he did catfish blues uh or catfish as setlist.com is called which was really cool so we're gonna be friends which uh was nice and uh it was very kid friendly neil and quincy were playing like really playful keys on it then he moved to love interruption which was a crowd pleaser then to broken boy soldier which was a lot tighter than the last time he played it at the warsaw this whole show was a lot tighter yeah the everything yeah which i had a feeling would be the case and i'm glad to hear that that is the case yeah and his his stage banter is a lot more loose and fun and seems more like the jack white we knew now, which mind shaft did you get? Okay, so this was a new one. I mean, he's improvising them every time he goes up on stage. So this, he did this weird thing where he covered his eyes with his hand, and he had his one hand out, and he was, like, poking the story <laughs> out as he was saying it. And it was something about going uh, when he was a kid in Detroit, he went down to the river, but he wasn't supposed to go down to the river. He wasn't allowed to go down to the river by himself, but he did it anyway. And he... Went, he talked about how he went down 4th Street and then to some other street, and he was on the other side of Canada, and you could see Canada from where he was, and then he saw an old man who was fishing for, I thought he said rock clams. Callie Durgis thinks he said rock bass. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was really hard to hear him because the music was very loud. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was hard to make out the actual words he was saying. I was kind of going on my toes just trying to see what he was doing with his hands <laughs> yeah but i liked with with that one and a couple of the other songs too he was just very poetic the way mm. he performed them mm. like there were parts of the show where it felt a little bit more like a 
poetry reading. Yeah. You know, which obviously songs are poetry. But it was just the way they, it almost felt like reading a poem in that little section. And everybody was just quiet trying to hear what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 an interesting insight because what you're responding to, I think, is probably what's keeping it fresh for him is is uh, making those kinds of the the banter and the and the song variations personalized for each show and have it feel a little bit more like a spontaneous poetry reading kind of thing, which I, I think a lot of artists do, like Bruce Springsteen, I know, does that and. So I think you're responding to probably what's keeping Jack engaged in this whole thing. Because it's a long tour, you know, and you need a little variation in there. Yeah. And it was definitely stream of consciousness. Like, he didn't write this down beforehand. um, Yeah. Which is, I think, why he had his hand over his eyes, because he was trying not to be distracted. But he he kept shifting the focus, and eventually it landed on this fisherman, who I think was a bum, who either had fish or clams or some kind of river food, and was offered offered child Jack some uh-huh. food and Jack said I don't want that I don't even know what that is and the guy proceeded to put some on the grill and eat it and Jack then took some and ate it and he said it was good and then after he said all that he like paused for a minute and I think he like said to himself like I think that's all I've got in me or I think that's the best I'm gonna do and then, like <laughs> proceeded to shout can you hear me now and i wonder if these mind shafts things are just him recalling a different memory every time and I, that's i think so uh yeah it seems that which way. is a cool that's a cool oh, little that's thing interesting. I never... yeah i think he's he's going over it in his head and and he's like i said it's stream of consciousness so he's just rattling off what's coming to his head first in the memory i think and then mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a story there was no beginning middle and end it was just yeah 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 a thing that happened so then you go from there to Hypocritical Kiss, which is another deep cut from Blunderbuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's good to hear him doing. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a good version of it. I'm not the biggest Blunderbuss fan, so but uh, I was I was happy to hear some of these cuts. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of all of them. Well, that's true. <laughs> then he went to Connected by Love, which uh, was a crowd pleaser and. I was readily engaging in that one, as was the whole crowd. Everybody yeah, everybody. Was, everybody yeah. was singing and excited. And when he got to the line, I think Callie mentioned this on her write-up as well, but uh, he's when he got to the line, um, let it wash down with the rain, uh, the entire crowd started cheering because <laughs> it, was, it was raining outside. So <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, it was... Yeah. And then the shocker of all shockers. Yeah, he came back on stage to the encore... Um, I, we tried to do a, a, a couple chants. We didn't get any started. Jack ran on stage and grabbed the microphone violently, knocking down all three of the other micro or the other two microphones and the stand with it. The roadies had to run and scramble and get it. And he started bouncing around the stage <laughs> and uh, started singing, shaking all over. Which yeah. So I, and and this is funny because I didn't realize it was originally written and performed by. Somebody named Johnny Kidd and the Pirates, uh, but it's been covered a bajillion times. Hmm. And then you get where Jack White fans would know it from, which is where I knew it from. I didn't even realize it was from anywhere else. It was from Wanda Jackson's album, The Party Ain't Over, which Jack put out on Third Man. And they play Shaken All Over a lot during that press tour and jack jack is in is involved in those performances yeah. so he played f- shaking all over i love that song that's awesome yeah it was a really cool version and i 
again, I'm saying this about everything, but he was really energized and, and bouncing around on stage for that. He seemed more comfortable. Yes. Uh, At, he was also wearing more comfortable clothes. That's true. And he had he had mentioned earlier, uh, actually in the beginning of the uh, of the in the actual first set, he had mentioned that he had played baseball in Cooperstown with his Warstick crew, the ones that he played in in Deep Ellum played with in Deep Ellum against the the previous night. There was a Baseball Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, uh, and he played against. And they wouldn't let us in the museum. Yeah, we tried to get in, <laughs> uh, and, and they were like, "Nah, you can't come. Well, There's this thing." And I was like, "What?" We did actually get in. The doors were locked, and somebody came out, and we went in thinking, "Oh, this is fine." And some <laughs> guys like, "Did you have tickets?" And we're like, "Tickets to the museum?" I'm like, "I need to buy them." <laughs> and he's like, "This is a private event." Um, anyway. Uh, so those inductees played the game against Jack White and his oh, wow. crew and Ben Jenkins uh, in Cooperstown that afternoon. And he's, uh, he was actually given a plaque from the Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame with his face on it. You know, the, it's the same as all the plaques of all the players in the Hall of Fame. And it, had, mm-hmm. it said Jack White. And he was super uh, thrilled about that. Anyway, he had brought that up on stage and, and he was grinning a lot about that. And he said, you know... I, I don't want to say who won, but it, it's not about who wins and who loses. But you can tell but from my face who won. And then <laughs> after a little while, he said, I don't want to say anything, but we... Oh, man, what did he did say? He say it's about kicking the shit out of the Yeah, he house. said it's not about winning. It's about kicking the shit out of the other team. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. I saw the plaque online today. Somebody posted some pictures of it, and it, he looked... He looked pleased as punch to have that thing. So, friend of the show, Ben Jenkins, a founder of Warstick and co-owner along with Jack White, was there. Now, let, uh, let's skip ahead a couple songs. It looks like he plays Battle Cry here. When did... Well, I, I heard there was something that happened, James. Yes, let's let's actually jump back a couple songs back to where we were at, because sooner than you think. He played Icky Thump, amazing version of Icky Thump, as always. And then he played Steady As She Goes, which was... He got the crowd all into it. And actually, during Steady As She Goes, he signaled to the people off stage to get some people on stage. I thought he was trying to bring out Lily Mae for the next song. Yeah. Um, but no, his whole baseball team came, like, piled on stage. Whoa, that's and, awesome. Including Ben Jenkins and Ben's wife. And uh, they were all dancing, and he was playing Steady As She Goes with them on stage. And That's uh, amazing. He, uh, after, like... A minute or two, he like tried to push them back with both his hands. So he was like, you know, like corralling them back off stage. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was laughing it up. But yeah, it was during Steady as She Goes that Ben was on stage, and I was like, I have his phone number in my <laughs> phone, but my it's all locked up in a yonder pouch. You know. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I was so happy Ben got that experience, and uh, yeah, he he deserved it. You know, Ben does a lot of a lot of hard work, and it's I'm glad he got that recognition. Yeah, it was definitely a celebratory for their win. They were really excited and, and jazzed to win. Yeah, um, well, that's an amazing moment. Yeah, and uh, right after that, and in my head, I'm like, is that Ben? That's Ben! Yeah. yeah. And I knew what the, it was about that these people were on the stage. Yes. <laughs> it was really impressive. I feel like I'm learning things. <laughs> <laughs> For better or worse. It sounds like a hell of a show. It sounds yeah. like, you, I mean, this is a great set list here. Well, Seven Nation ended with fireworks started going up, like a wow. full-fledged yeah, fireworks show. It was like a, a 
huge fireworks show, like Fourth of July. Like fireworks an actual show. display. This wasn't above just some rando the, in a backyard. Yeah. <laughs> above the silos that had Oma Gang like on them. It was a really good way to end the show. You know, we we were watching the fireworks. Everybody started leaving, but we got to catch up with Callie, who was stage side. Uh, so we went up and, and saw her, and um, we were talking to her. She's so upset I'm about this. I'm very upset about Is this. He, I'm livid about this. Somebody's very happy. Okay, so Jack White and Dominic Davis both threw their picks into the audience. Uh-huh. I was talking to Callie, and some guy ran over, pushed me out of the way, pushed another person out of the way, and picked something up that was right next to my foot. Like, I was stepping on it, and it was friggin' one of the picks. I was uh, stepping on one of the picks. And this dude pushed me out of the way. Oh, man. That's terrible. But, but there was no pick! <laughs> I, I did not pick! There was no pick! I gotta go. No! No pick! You didn't notice. I didn't notice, but it was just... And you're exaggerating. You weren't pushed that I was. Far. No, I was pushed out of the way. <laughs> Untrained eye, I can fully understand how you got that impression. What looked like pushing, what looked like knocking down, was a safety precaution. Well, that aside, it sounds like an awesome show, and I wish I was there to join you. Sadly, I couldn't be, but we really appreciate you coming on the show, Ariel, to uh, talk to us about it today. And now you've seen Jack White two times. And, um, you know, that means you have to see him at least one other time or else the spirit won't be freed from the chest. Well, I always go see Jack when I have tickets. (laughs) And she still won't let go the fact that Mike didn't pick her up the tickets that one time. Ariel, thank you so much for joining us. James, what do you say we get back to the show? Let's get back to the show. What a good episode. We got to hear so many good stories. Uh, We got to hear some new ones. We got to hear some stories from Paul. And Paul will be back in a few weeks. Couldn't have any episode without a couple shout-outs. And I guess I'll do these by myself. I assume none of you want to hear Carl Butterball do these. So I'm just going to do them as James. So we'd like to give a few shout-outs from the Twitter. Let's do today. We have Simon Burgess. Thank you so much, Simon. You you posted a fun Peanuts uh, cartoon in reference to the Boarding House Reach stuff, and it's real good. We'd like to give a shout-out to Washington Weed. Thanks. W.A. Shane, or at Benjaminson. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you to 13th and 3rd. Thank you to Leslie Heimers. Chili 3, or at Ellie Music Heart. Thank you so much. Thank you to Power 96. Aaron Hotchkiss, Memphis Industries, Daft Scott. Thank you to Dirty Backseat. Thank you guys so much for all of the following and tweeting and retweeting and mentions you did on Twitter. That was real kind of you, and we really appreciate it. We'd also like to give some shout-outs, tried and true people who are here day in, day out, such as Ben the Beer Man Blues Carnes, Jeremy Riles keeping us on those rails, Andre Icecold Lyman, Callie Durga, our third person in spirit every week, Amy Hart, the heart of the operation, Eric Andrew Dodson over here, S.A. Franco, what does that mean? As well as Brendan Smith. No right opinion for you here. Go away. 
the Brett three killed my Garski. Brian Walter, be nicer to me. Yvette Wilkins on sunshine. David Poe, 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 Poe. <laughs> it's LOL 2.0, as well as a big thank you to the Red, Red Rain Prosper. Eileen, I see you over there. Corsano. My, oh, me, it's me, oh, my. And Kate McCoy, the bones of our operation. Thank you all so much. We greatly appreciate you guys spreading the word, being so kind to us. And if you'd like to spread the word and be so kind to us, you can do that on any of these f- following platforms. You got Facebook, facebook.com slash thirdmen. You can tweet at us on Twitter at thirdmencast. You can find us on Tumblr. That's thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com. Our WordPress site where we host the show is thethirdmen.wordpress.com. You can email us, which is thirdmenpodcast.gmail.com. And if you'd like to email us any listener questions, we will answer them. If you ask it, we will figure out an answer for you. Uh, You can find us on YouTube, where we do some visualizers and animations and such. You can find us on Pippa, where where we host our site. Uh, If you search Third Men and Pippa, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And we have big news! We're on Spotify. Super exciting. Pippa was really, really great and got us access to the opportunity to apply to get on Spotify. And now we're on there. So if any of you all have been looking for another way to another platform to listen to us on, Spotify is there. I think this is going to be the first episode that goes up on Spotify. We're really excited. Um, and uh, it's big news. And so we're really happy. I wish Paul could be here to tell you how happy he is but he's uh he's he's making his family bigger which is which is a little more important than this i think anywho thank you so much to everybody including sam kubert and tom valenti for the help with our theme song where the third men as well as Susanna roundtree for the delightful intros and outros of our program and uh i think that's gonna do it and as always i will be looking for a clip show to call a home We'll see you guys in two weeks. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at thirdmencast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. ringing i don't know where tom and aaron are they've left the blanket i'm sort of wandering here looking for shade aurora arroyo (laughs) sucks to be you more like um so anyway uh yeah good so i'll call i'll call you back in a little bit and um okay yeah if anything changes but uh i don't know how much notice i'm gonna be able to give hey sorry it was a very loud beep and then you went away Am I supposed to record? Whenever you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I really, um, just have cheese in my throat. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not kidding. To the river filled with regret I look down and I wonder 
If there was any reason left. Uh, thank you, wood chipper full of raw hot dogs. We really appreciate it. You didn't like anything I liked. I'm lonely. <laughs>